So unless you've been sleeping under a rock, uh, you probably feel a little bit of tension and uncertainty given everything that's happening around the world. Am I right? Yes. So inflation comes yes. to mind. Gas prices. Holy cow. We were at, uh, we filled up the car yesterday and it was well over $100. And I think we were paying well over $6 a gallon. We're yeah. in Washington State, by the way. So go Washington State. <laughs> <laughs> we love our state, but... They don't, yeah. yeah, anyway. Uh, you know, other price hikes. So there's other things like inflation. We went and you, you got eggs the other day, and we'll talk about that later. But man, were those expensive. The the, the market is just going bonkers, mm-hmm. right? With all the different... The increase in interest uh, rates. Yeah, interest rates, increases and stuff. And so, it, it, and, and of course, what comes to mind is this dreaded R word, right? Recession. And even if you want to go a little bit further, depression, mm-hmm. economic recession, economic depression. And so what reactions do these ideas cause in you, viewer, listener? What mm-hmm. does that do to us? And right? if you're anything like us, mm-hmm. you might get that tinge of anxiety, like that uncertainty. What are we, what's going to happen, right? Mm-hmm. Is, is, is the day going to come when this affects us in such a way that we can no longer provide for our children? Mm-hmm. We can no longer, and, and there's added complexities to being, you know, business owners and things like that and the uncertainty that that creates. So I want to share this quote with you and then we'll, we'll get into the, the rest of the episode, but it's this. When you live to please yourself, circumstances that God designs to teach you to trust and obey him instead become temptations for you to fear mm-hmm. and to worry. That's by a, a missionary named John Broker. So w- what is our response, mm-hmm. right? So you can be in the situation. If we believe that God is good and he's sovereign, then we have to believe that there's something in this that we, that will produce in us his glory. Mm-hmm. So that's exactly what we're going to talk about today with three real ways to deal with financial uncertainty in your life. And we hope it's helpful to you. And so we'll see you on the other side. Well, this talk comes directly from the Frederick household uh-huh. <laughs> because we have definitely been feeling some of the oh, crunch on the finances, the, the family budget, all of those things. Um, God is good and faithful, and we are so mm-hmm. grateful uh, for everything that he's given us, and we're still just trying to learn to steward that for his glory. Um, but yeah, definitely tightening the belt uh, in more ways than one, and it's good, and we're just believing that the Lord, again, is sovereign and that we can trust him. Uh, and we'll get into some of the ways that we're learning to trust him uh, and how to deal with kind of this financial uncertainty that yeah. we're facing and how that does put an added weight onto marriages. I mean, before any of this, you know, the top, what are like the top five things that stress marriages? I mean, finances are right up there. Uh, and so mm-hmm. it, just having, you know, the cultural yeah. temperature being what it is, uh, it's just an added, I think, burden to our hearts and can yeah. be. Yeah, so if you're not aware of who we are, my name is Ryan. This is my lovely wife, Selena. Welcome. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Our goal with this is to point you to Christ. And mm-hmm. oftentimes we have done that, even from the beginning, the inception of the Fierce Marriage Ministry slash blog. That's all it started out as. <laughs> and now here it is, whatever it is today. Uh, it's always been us just kind of co-traveling with you. Like we don't have all the answers yet. We've been married going on 19 years this year. And so we do have some experience. We have, uh, we, we will share our successes with you, but also our struggles and our failures. Mm-hmm. And, and so this is one of those areas where we just want to be, like when we sat down to think, okay, how can we minister to couples this week? Mm-hmm. We thought, what is the thing that's really weighing on our hearts that we can, how can we be kind of broken vessels in that regard and just share honestly with you? So yeah, our hope here is just to share openly with you mm-hmm. and process with you and in that point you to Christ. 
Um, by the way, if you if you missed the last two episodes, go back and check those out. Selena's wearing a shirt here. Oh, it says yeah. woman, woman by Design. This is something that we created um, to help and I guess give give women the, a tool to just proclaim God's truth. And right. I don't know, we, we believe a, a winsome kind of even a beautiful way to say yeah, it. Yeah, a loving way. Yeah, We're, I, yeah. You, I'm not. I'm not a woman. You're, You're a woman. Not a woman. Yes. <laughs> That's the whole point of the shirt. The whole point is of that, the shirt. and you don't have to, and, and you can declare that and step into those roles that are afforded to women specifically. Right. Without fear and with without boldness. Fear, with boldness. Um, but with humility. Given the cultural climate that we're in. <clears throat> okay. So for today's discussion, three ways, three real ways to deal with <laughs> financial uncertainty. And I will say this, we've been through a lot of financial uncertainty in our lives. Yeah. Um, uh, the present situation is, is, is a, has a tone of that in our, in tightening the belt, like you mentioned. But there's been times when uh, we've had, you know, rent due, car payment due, and like 50 bucks in the bank yeah. and I used to do web development and so I'd be like waiting holding out for like checks to come in the mail for work that I had done and the Lord was always faithful to see those to, that those checks made it just in time mm-hmm. um, and in many unlikely circumstances and early on in our marriage we struggled like I was yeah. a janitor we <laughs> and you worked as a barista oh yes and we were in college full-time yeah working full-time I remember going home just exhausted and uh, you know, making the janitor's wage. I worked in our apartment building, so I uh, live in a really mid-rise. nice apartment. <laughs> it was a mid-rise apartment building, and I was the hired help. <laughs> and uh, so I'd I'd show up oftentimes, you know, late, and then I'd have class, night class. You'd have class, and it was just like we all get like one or two, maybe you know, moments together. It felt like mm-hmm. every day, and just wondering, like, hey, can we even eke out a living? You know, <laughs> as a young married couple. So right. I think these conversations are are important because so many times in those stressful moments, we we want to bootstrap our way out of it. Well, like anything, yeah, for sure. Yeah, well, specifically financially, as as a husband too, okay. because yeah. I feel like even this morning, I was like, I will always have the burden of caring for our family and providing for our family. Right. You can never make me not feel that way. <laughs> Which is good because I think that's the way, I don't know, I and would then the question, argue that's the role God's given you, right? In the absolutely, and then the next piece that I said to you was, I trust God to, to ultimately help me do that yes. in ways that are honoring to him. Yes. But like, that doesn't mean I don't have to go do the work. Well, and I mean, if you look at like, when you, when you first get married, you maybe you're given a lot of gifts, financial gifts, and you're kind of headed into marriage and there's not a whole, maybe there's some debt and stuff, but um, it, it, it doesn't matter where like the market is. It's really a matter of where our hearts are and our attitude, mm. what our attitudes are towards money, towards finances, who we truly believe they belong to in the right. first place. And so whether we are headed towards a recession or we have no inflation, right? Like we still have to have a right heart orientation towards what God has given us. Right. And not having that will, will uh, I guess, lead us to places of anxiety. Right. Right. You know, getting the cold sweats and like, <laughs> not being able to sleep. In yeah. Night. Yeah. And so we really have to calibrate our hearts right. and it takes a conscious effort because we are not naturally inclined to trust God in these mm-hmm. ways. I think our sin nature wants to pull us away uh, from from being sustained by him and right. we want to sustain ourselves. Right. Um, so, I mean, we've kind of covered the, the uh, if you're living in the West, you know what we're talking about. Right. Inflation's real. It's Interest rates are going up. Ever been. We, you went to the store and to get eggs and eggs were just up like 25%. Yeah. Oh, and we eat a lot of it. We go through a lot of eggs. We do have chickens. They're starting to lay. We get about two a day. So <laughs> well, our family eats about six or eight a day. We're getting there. We're getting there. Um, we have more chickens, so we'll have more on the way. Yeah. But they're tiny little eggs. And yes. So I'm hoping they get bigger. Yes. Um, but 
yeah, it, it's important to remember that those, even those, uh, those types of things in, in those situations, uh, we don't have to be afraid. We don't right. Have to fear. Cause it is shocking. It's happening very rapidly. Yeah, there's some real sticker shock. And so where our foundation <laughs> lies is going to determine how I respond to that. And, and I'll, I'll propose to you and we'll, we'll propose to you two kind of contrasting views of money and things. And I guess just provision Okay. that one is scriptural and one isn't, but both are equally as uh, a weight, they're equally prevalent. weighted in the church and they're yeah. prevalent in the church. And we want to point you to the scriptural one. So it's stewardship versus ownership mentalities. Mm-hmm. You heard us talk about stewardship in the past. If you haven't, go back. We've done, a, I think, an interview with Scott Rodin. It was really good. He's mm-hmm. like the stu- stewardship, uh, I'll say guru. Um, but stewardship basically says this, that everything is God's and what we have has been entrusted into our care for a time. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the time that our stewardship ends, it goes back to him or someone else will steward it. But the yeah. point is, it's not ours. It's not ours to glom onto, to, right. to, to own. Right. It's ours to use for the glory of God yes. Yes. and by his grace for our own good as well. That's in contrast to the ownership mentality, mm-hmm. which says that basically God has his own kingdom over here. Scott Rodin would call this two kingdom living. Scott, God has his kingdom over here. Mm-hmm. And that's great. Like, I'm all about God's kingdom. He's building his kingdom. He's doing his good work. But also there's Ryan and Selena's kingdom, (laughs) which is like, we want to build our own kind of life. We want to build our own monolith, if you will, whether that's, you know, some sort of quote unquote, quote unquote, financial legacy, Mm -hmm. right? We want to build up retirement wealth. We want to build up real estate, you know, wealth. We want to do whatever those, that, that monolith looks like. And it, but, and, and God can have his kingdom and I'll give to God's kingdom. I'll give 10% because that's what everybody thinks you're supposed to give. There's a lot to be said biblically on that. <laughs> Basically, you're supposed to give sacrificially and gladly yeah. more than 10% or less, but however the Lord leads you. Yes. That's the New Testament model for giving. My only bristle with all that you're saying is that I don't want, I don't know that those are bad things, right? You don't want to leave your children with lots of debt. You don't, as a parent, you don't want to... Um, not you want to help prepare your children i mean that's just kind of i think a desire of any parent's heart um but to do that on your own by your own accord and with you know maybe only going to god when you need that financial help is is definitely some indicators of Hmm. uh, a wrong heart orientation and the holy spirit needs to be doing some work there so that's just my only i think okay well i would never say that you were called to live unwisely right and so being wise means that you're not piling up debt for your kids you're not doing all those things right warning against but But having real estate is not a bad thing right right as long as we we see it as god's right and he's entrusted into our care right i just want to be clear about that and so that's (laughs) where like for the life of a steward it's things can come and go into your life yeah and And it doesn't change your sense of security because it's all god's anyway and you're including you yes Whereas if God is building his kingdom and I have my own, yeah, if my kingdom starts to very, diminish yeah. and I realize that my security is there, then I'm going to, I don't actually care that much about God's kingdom. I'm going to instead just focus on my kingdom because my kingdom's crumbling. Or you only care about view. his kingdom as it pertains to your kingdom. Right, right. right. And so the biblical, <laughs> the biblical model for financial everything is stewardship. Mm-hmm. We view money as something that God owns. We view everything, our life, every breath is owned and governed by God. And mm. we are called to use every ounce of it, every iota, yeah. be wrung out for the glory of God. And so that is the foundational premise, stewardship, not the two kingdom, I want to be very clear, not the two kingdom side, but we are actually building God's kingdom. It's all his anyway. Yeah, with the part, with the pieces that he's entrusted with us every, with. Yeah, and he's given us this little, you know, 
maybe he's building it and it's it's comprised of millions of bricks. And he's given us these few bricks mm-hmm. and these are the bricks that are his and we're using these to build his kingdom. Right. He's entrusted us to be the masons over that yeah. portion of it. Okay, so now predicated on that, what are the three kind of big, or I guess ways. the three real ways, yeah. Yeah, and you said something that these all have to kind of work together. So as we go through them, I think at the end mm-hmm. you should mention or just talk about how if you do one but not the other, then they just they fall apart. Okay, or if you only sure. if you ignore two of them, and yeah. Anyways, that's saying the same thing. So first thing is to identify and recognize the problem. So looking around, the prices of everything are going up. Your most likely your salary or your pay is not going up, uh, and so we're going into a season of needing to tighten the belt. And so we need to as people say we can't ignore this right we can't act like it's not happening uh you can't uh run away from it so don't try (laughs) uh but and you may be able to prepare for it but we've had these conversations and we can have them another time but to how far how much can you actually prepare for something like this um i'm gonna interject because when we say identify it recognize it i think most anyone's gonna say yeah this is happening but I think the key is identifying it, recognizing it in your life in and your saying this is impacting us in this way. Yes. Not just, yeah, inflation's a thing. Right. But if, if How and when, is it impacting your life? Yes. yes. And, and giving, we want to give you permission to say things like, we can't afford that right now. Yes. You should absolutely be able to say that without shame or condemnation or anything. And if you, There's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with it. And there that. are ways to say it that are faith-filled right and, and ways to say it that are stewardship minded. yeah and, and there are ways to say well yeah we just you know i wish that would be fun i'd be really fun to go to that movie <laughs> with you but <sighs> life's just hard right we now just and, can't afford it which could be a real true and so there is an attitude there are, yes. this goes both ways by the way because you have people that are on the prosperity side of the spectrum and they think god is this name it and claim it god and i just need to have more faith to have more stuff and then there's the people on the the popper side of the spectrum is like right. all things are bad yeah <laughs> And everything material is evil, and right. therefore, you know, I should just live so, in yes. abject poverty. I don't see scriptural basis for either of those. Right. There's something in the middle, <laughs> which is often where where scripture will fall, uh, that says that we can can still work hard and yeah. and strive for to make God's a life glory. that yeah. is you know flourishing and fruitful in many ways, but not not holding God hostage and saying you know you're yes. okay. So identify it, recognize it. It's okay to to be to calibrate correctly mm-hmm. around this. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to share the the, the the syrup thing? So the second point was, so yeah, like you were saying, calibrate, but discern and define kind of need mm. and priorities in your uh, in your marriage, in your household. Um, well, he brought up maple syrup when we were discussing this because I I fork out for yummy maple syrup at Costco, right? Like, I, and that's the only <laughs> one I could find lately. So I don't I don't ever eat the maple he syrup. He doesn't. I. The girls have pancakes. I never have pancakes. He's just like, just get them the cheap stuff. Like, it doesn't matter. It's, it's, I don't. And I'm like, well, it's this like special dessert type thing that you can just have a little and enjoy it. And it goes a long ways. And he's just like, but it feels like the same thing. It's literally 10 times the cost. (laughs) And so, (laughs) like, and so. It is not literally 10 times the cost. You get one little thing for how much? Like $18 or whatever, isn't it? It's $100. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> again discerning might as, well might as well be okay but in the cheap stuff you get like two gallons for like three bucks so death is uh, comes cheap i guess <laughs> early death and yes our girls are definitely not ever eating processed food or sugar ever in, in a day so yeah and then the, the kids don't know the difference that's my argument is like right. they don't really know the difference 
And so it's, it's kind I of a funny thing. I know the difference because I taste the difference, but well. that's just me being high maintenance, And this is a funny, it's a funny example, but like, so the first step is recognizing, okay, it's time to maybe tighten the belt a little bit. Yeah. And now we're discerning, okay, where are the areas? This is very practical. This is the second way, by the way. Discern and define those needs and priorities so you can actually delineate where yeah. you can tighten the belt. Right. Like, How can we live wisely? I mean, kind of one of our rules for eating out is we don't go eat out unless it's something we just really aren't great at making. <laughs> I mean, there is an occasion like we went on a road trip. We had to we went to family camp and we had to eat on the road. And so, you know, we try to be economical about that. But like if we're going to go out on a date or go somewhere and spend money, it's like, let's go somewhere that and I can't then, make this food very well, like depending sushi on where or something. We, <laughs> and even then, sushi, it's yeah. not like we go to a high-class place, but uh, we get lots of sushi around this these parts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We're close to the sound. Um, but also, like, we'll share a meal. Absolutely. Because oftentimes the portions are such that you can split it and still right. have some to left, yeah. some left over. There's just creative ways, I think, that um, you, can, you can cut back and recognize um, maybe we don't need... As yeah. much as we as we think we a, need. Here's a really clear example that came up just recently as well. Uh, typically, f- when we have like our parents over or something, I try to go a little bit extra and give them a really nice meal, right? So I'll go to a butcher. There's a, a Mexican butcher nearby. There's really good carne asada, and so I'll get from him. And uh, and it's not cheap, but it's also you know it's not doesn't break the bank. They were coming over, and I was going to get tri-tip. So I love to on the Traeger. I, I do sous vide, then I finish on the Traeger with a tri-tip. It turns out amazing. <laughs> But it's gone up. It used to be you get tri-tip for like seven bucks a pound and it was $12 a pound. And normally I'd get two of these and it would be like 30 bucks. I mean, it was pushing 50, 60 bucks mm-hmm. for these two things. And it varies by weight. And so I was like, okay, money's tight. I would love to bless them. However, that's 50 bucks. Or I could spend 12 bucks on like 30 uh, these drumstick chicken things. <laughs> we're bl- and that's where you have to recognize, like, we're still blessing people with a meal. Right. right. We're blessing and them they loved with our it. time and our, yes. our resources. And so don't, I guess, again, we have to kind of rein in our own um, internal vocabulary of, okay, mm-hmm. we're still blessing them. We're still showing hospitality, which is the one part that I would say, like, if you can forgo anything else, like, forgo other things, but don't forgo, like, being able to be hospitable Mm. to other people and find creative ways of what that might look like, of making a little bit go a long ways. I think women are really, really good at this and really, like, taking a small amount of something and multiplying it. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that's one of the blessings God's given women. Um, So find creative ways to do that. Uh, Another way, so gas is another one. So we have a smaller car that is a lot tighter for our three daughters to fit into. Um, it's not as fun, I'll say. It's not as comfortable, but it gets like twice as uh, good. It's a gas Prius, mileage. people. It's an old yeah, Prius, don't judge us. and it still works. <laughs> uh, it works really well, and it it gets really good gas mileage, as opposed to our other one, which is a gas guzzler. Yeah. And so making the decision to say, yeah, we only drive, you know, maybe uh, I don't even not even hundred miles a week. We not don't drive even. that much. We don't drive, yeah. But the point is, when we're driving around, we can greatly reduce that cost. So finding really practical ways and having that conversation is. So it's, it's a, it seems like a very obvious step, right? You're watching this, listening to this, but many couples just don't go to that step and say, yeah, okay, they where just kind are of the, exist in the, right. the tension. And, and then you fight when, you know, the grocery bill is, you know, 50% more than it was mm-hmm. supposed to be. And the mm-hmm. husband's upset because the wife went and she's like, I'm just saying, I, I just got the groceries we get. And there was no overt articulation that says, mm-hmm. Hey, this is a season of our lives. We're figuring out what to do. We mm-hmm. don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. We're trusting the Lord. One of the ways we're trusting the Lord is we are going to 
look at these areas where we can tangibly make changes, which is actually the third step. Okay, Mm -hmm. so the first tangible way, just to recap, is we identify it, recognize it, give yourself permission Mm -hmm. to acknowledge that that there's a warrant for the anxiety, Mm -hmm. for the for the worry, the uncertainty. The second one is now take action to discern and define the needs and priorities that can be cut. Mm-hmm. And the third one, and this is the most most important one, and this has to undergird everything, which we talked about a little bit on the, on the uh, stewardship side, yeah. but we have to trust God yeah. in this. So Psalm uh, 121, I don't actually have it up. Do you want to grab your Bible and open that up? <laughs> um, we're going to read the entire uh, passage. Psalm 121, see how fast Look at that. Look at that. It's underlined too. I read it before. <laughs> so <laughs> spiritual. Kidding. Go ahead, read that whole thing. Uh, eight verses. Yes, it's titled, My Help Comes from the Lord, A Song of Ascents. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, mm. he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in, and from this time forth and forevermore. I love it. We don't have time to unpack this whole psalm, but it's the the scope of it is all-encompassing, right? He's your keeper. He's your shade in your right hand. The sun will not strike you by day. He will not. The, The moon will not strike you by night. You're coming in, you're going out. He does time not, forth and, forevermore. and he does not slumber. Like he is a God who does not need right. to sleep and slumber like we right. do. He is infinite as we are yep. finite. And while we're sleeping, he's still working. He's still he's sovereign. So he's still good. The thing that got me about this verse was the very, was the opening parts. So I lift my eyes up to the hills. Mm. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord. Okay, that sounds great. But then there's this reminder afterward, who made heaven and earth? Mm. Another translation says, the maker of heaven and earth. It's not just some God. This is the capital G God of the universe, yes. Yahweh. And he has said, I will care for my beloved. Mm-hmm. Now, does that always look like we expect it to look? Mm-hmm. No. Does it always mean that he wants for us the exact same things we want for ourselves? Mm-hmm. Meaning comfort, security, the ability not to have to cry out to God and trust him. Mm-hmm. Now, he wants our hearts more than anything. And he will use any avenue by which to get our hearts. Yeah. And oftentimes he he uh, he untangles our hands off the, the material things of life by making those things a little more scarce. Yes. I'm not saying that's what he's doing now. It could be, but I'm just saying that perspective, right. that when we trust him, right. that's on the table now, that he can be a good father in ways that we may not like all the time. Yes. And that's good. And, and by reminding ourselves of that, we can then trust him even more, more wholeheartedly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what did Jesus say? So that's an Old Testament verse, right? That's all very mm-hmm. kind of easy to look at and be upbeat about. But what did Jesus say, especially in terms of the New Testament? Uh, we're going to read Matthew 6, um, starting in verse 25. It says this, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life. Well, that sounds relevant. <laughs> what you will eat, or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Hmm. Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today are alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, 
what shall we eat and what shall we drink or what shall we wear or Ryan's translation what what gas are we going to put in our car <laughs> for the Gentiles seek after all these things and your heavenly father knows what you need that you need them all but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you hmm. therefore finally do not be anxious about tomorrow for tomorrow will be anxious for itself sufficient for the day is its own trouble hmm. all you get is today friend mm-hmm Time, the great equalizer. Mm -hmm. No matter who you are, no matter how much money you have, you only get 24 hours in a day. Mm. You get the same 24 hours as Elon Musk, Bill Gates, (laughs) as the poorest of the poor people in India. Well, and he says, do not be anxious and do not worry about your clothing, not just in times of of prosperity and good and fullness, right? But in times of lack, like just no matter what, we are always trusting God. We are not being anxious Again, recognizing who the creator is yeah. and who in whose hand we truly are held. Yeah, yeah. And these can sound like platitudes and truisms. So let's draw let's drive this home just a little bit further. Okay. There was a quote that I that I came across. It was by a, a nearby pastor, his name is John Searcy, said this anxiety is dress rehearsing the unfaithfulness of God. Mm. Anxiety functionally says something false about God, that he is unaware, inattentive, or unable to come to our aid. He says this as well. Overcoming anxiety is more than just acknowledging that you don't have control. It's about cultivating a settled heart that Mm. no longer clings to control. Mm. Man, boy, do I love to cling to control Mm -hmm. in this area of our lives. I need need a settled heart. I don't just need to think different thoughts, but I need a heart that's settled on the deep reality that God is God and I am not. And that, right. that's what, that is the right orientation of things. Well, and what, is the tem- what was the temptation in Genesis 3, right? For control, to be God, right. to be more than you <laughs> thought you were, right? To, right? That was a temptation to just be in control. And So it's not just about acknowledging that we don't have control, but cultivating yeah. a heart that, is, that, that no longer clings to the idea that I so might good. be in control. So good. And so this is only possible if our faith is in Christ. And we've obviously referenced the Bible here. If you're new to the podcast or the YouTube channel, we are Christian. We follow Christ with our whole hearts. We believe that the word of God is completely authoritative in our lives, that it plainly lays out what it means to know God and what it means to follow him and everything from how to live morally, but but how to be saved. Mm -hmm. And we are not saved through living a right life. We are saved because Jesus did. And he gave his he propitiated, that's a word, he gave us his righteousness and then said that you are no longer just, not just made right with a zero balance, but no, we are credited now with his mm-hmm. righteousness. And because of that, we can stand in God's good favor and in his good grace. And so if you're not a Christian, we want to invite you into that reality. Friend, God is real. Christ is real. Salvation is real if you are in Christ. So go to this website if you want to learn more. It's a simple website. It's thenewsisgood.com. There's some details there, what it means to become a Christian. We would love to welcome you into the family of Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, we hope to do so very quickly. Uh, with that said, let's pray. Mm-hmm. You want to pray, Selena? You want me to pray? Go ahead. Okay. Our Father, I thank you that you have proven time and time again that you are faithful, you are good, and you are loving. And in times when things feel uncertain, uh, we can still trust that. It's not ju- You're not just loving when things feel easy and secure and visibly uh, good, but you're loving and good even when all that security is gone, when uncertainty is on the horizon. We don't know what's going to happen uh, in the world, with the economy, with our own paychecks from week to week, Lord. Uh, we can still trust you because you are a mm-hmm. good father. I pray for the husbands and the wives that are struggling with anxiety, with uncertainty. I pray that you would bolster their faith. Holy Spirit, 
Mm-hmm. Fill them with faith that mm-hmm. they might uh, they might pray prayers that are filled with faith and trusting you. And no matter the outcome, that, that they can still trust and honor and glorify you. We love you, Lord. Pray for the couple struggling in their marriage right now. Bring them closer. Mm-hmm. Bring people into their lives that might point them in the right path, down the right path. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, friends, if uh, you made it this far into the episode, I want to mention, um, speaking of uh, just our livelihood, our patrons have made this, frankly, you've, you've made it possible for us to continue mm-hmm. at this point. Um, and that's just because economically things are, are really funky right now, but you are the bedrock of this ministry. So if you want to be a part of that, we would be honored and and, and blessed through that. And we have a, some ways we want to bless you back. So to check that out, go to fiercemarriage.com slash partner, and that will lead you to a place where you can uh, find out more of what it means to be a partner mm-hmm. with this ministry. And I just can't thank you enough. If you're a patron, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Um, mm-hmm. It's blessed us, our family immensely. You're allowing this work to continue in ways that you perhaps don't even know. Yes. So check that out, fiercemarriage.com slash partner. Also check out this new shirt. Go to womanbydesign.us. That'll redirect you to where you can pick up a sweatshirt or a shirt. There's also little, there's ones for girls too. Yeah. Girl by design. Yeah. So you can be a twinsies. Twinsies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Our girls love them by the way. They wear them all the time. Um, so with that said, uh, this episode of Fierce Marriages. In the can. We'll see you again in about seven days. Until next time. Stay fierce.